0: Good evening, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack, the Scani Six-Pack, the only podcast that's bringing you the top stories in Wisconsin sports every single day. I'm your host, Kedrick Stumbrus, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbrus, and follow the podcast, at Scani Six-Pack, to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. We have an up-and-down weekend to recap for you really quickly here. We're going to hit some brewers, we're going to hit some bucks, uh, and then we're going to get out of here. Obviously, that Bucks game did not go as many of us wanted it to, but I'm going to make a case for why I'm optimistic about the Milwaukee Bucks after game one. Uh, I really didn't see game one as a failure. I saw that game one as something where um, I think there's a lot of reason to feel good about the Milwaukee Bucks position in this series in particular moving forward. Uh, So I'm going to make that case after going through the milwaukee brewers weekend here and let's actually start with uh the game we recapped on thursday a little bit first um the game on thursday that we recapped on friday's episode as a reminder colin ray got a spot start in that game and it looks like colin ray is going to be remaining with the milwaukee brewers for the time being uh after coming up from a triple a club in nashville which of course means that this Brandon Woodruff injury seems to be more serious than what was initially first reported out by uh, the ball club, because we had a couple of updates on Brewers pitcher injuries on Friday, uh, Friday evening, Friday afternoon. The first being an update to Brandon Woodruff was that he had an MRI in Arizona and that Woodruff remains shut down until the doctors can determine how to best proceed. The ensuing news from that is that Brandon Woodruff has sustained a muscle injury, a muscle strain to one of the muscles in his rotator cuff. By looking at that exact injury, it appears that it is one of the more important muscles in his rotator cuff, and that Brandon injury, Brandon Woodruff, this injury is going to keep him sidelined for quite a while. Uh, It looks like he's looking at an extended stay on the injured list as opposed to the very temporary 15-day visit that we had first anticipated he was going to take based off of the initial uh, reporting out of the injury from the walk the brewers so that's obviously a big loss for this team especially considering that Aaron ashby is already out for extended period of this season perhaps the entire season and that adrian hauser has also been out who we would imagine would be taking that spot in the starting rotation, if just Brandon Woodruff was out already, not also just Aaron Ashby. But fortunately, the second injury update we got on the Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff on Friday was a positive development for Adrian Hauser. Hauser, who of course sustained that groin injury uh, in the spring, began a rehab assignment with Nashville on Friday and went two innings but he's going to need multiple appearances to build up before he can get up to playing with the big club in Milwaukee. So fortunately, it seems Adrian Hauser might be on his way. Now, whether or not he's going to be able to be on his way and starting pitching capacity soon uh, maybe more of a question for him to go that long after coming back with this groin injury, I think is going to be a more complicated question overall for Milwaukee. So that that was the news coming out for the Brewers on Friday. Then, later that day, of course, the Brewers played a game in which they absolutely smashed uh, the San Diego Padres, winning that one 11-2 on Friday night. Really a great, great game uh, in which the Brewers' offense absolutely came alive, allowed Eric Lauer, who was the starting pitcher then, on Friday to go six innings, uh, only allowed one erg run, five strikeouts, two walks. Uh, Eric Lauer allowed... Just Eric Lauer allowed five hits, but you know he just allowing the one run. Not a huge deal overall. When Milwaukee comes out in the top of the first inning and has four runs, adds on another two runs in the fifth, another th- three in the sixth. Just really scoring throughout the night overall. Kind of headlined by uh, Roddy Tillets, who had two homers in that game and really, really just a bang up job uh, for Milwaukee and. Rowdy continuing to come alive a little bit we talked how Telez was not having a great start to the season he was hitting below 150 for the year but now he's up to 240 on the season because in the last week Rowdy Telez is hitting 320 in his batting average he had seven hits in just 16 at bats including three home runs in this series against the Padres also added two more walks so Rowdy Telez really bounced back after a tough tough slow slow start to the season uh, looking good, and Milwaukee wins that game easily on Friday night. Then the tables shifted back on Saturday, where the San Diego Padres win that game easily, 10-3. to uh, Freddy Peralta had by far his worst start to the season. After looking pretty good uh, to start the year in his first couple of starts, he allowed five earned runs and five innings of work. Uh, Recorded five strikeouts and a walk, but those five earned runs coming on nine hits for Freddie. Uh, He throws 98 pitches, but just really not a good performance for Freddie Peralta. Not his best of the season, and uh, Milwaukee's bats did okay. You know, you are able to generate three runs in that one, but nothing that's going to be able to supplant that uh, 10-hit barrage. Milwaukee actually matched the pace of San Diego's hits in this one. Milwaukee and San Diego both recorded 12 hits in that 10-3 loss for the Brewers on on Saturday. But really, really tough look out there for Milwaukee. Uh, Part of the difference is that the Padres recorded two home runs in that one, and we're just able to do more with uh, their runners uh, on the bases. So other news out of there is additional injury news for the Brewers pitching staff because Gus Barland took a line drive to the face on Saturday uh in the, the bat the ball came off of his bat or sorry ball came off of um uh, Manny Machado's bat of course of course Manny Machado uh although this time not actually him trying to trip players or uh, make them slip off of bases uh, like we have seen for, from Manny Machado in his days. Uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers, if you can recall back to 2018, but Gus Farland took a line drive, looked like it was initially off of his face, his x-rays were negative there, but his hand actually deflected. ball. Well, the hand that deflected the ball was his pitching hand, however. Fortunately, it looks like Gus Farland's going to be okay. Uh, he's going to take a day to the 15, trip to the 15 day IL, but according to counsel, it looks like it's gonna be fine. He's just gonna need to rest up. Gus Barland seems to be doing all right overall. Uh he had X-rays done. They were negative, but he has a pretty tough bruise on that pitching hand, so he should be bouncing back soon here in a couple of weeks. But of course just yet another knock to Milwaukee's pitching staff that they can't necessarily afford to have. Uh then on Sunday, Milwaukee wins a really, really, really good ball game, one nothing uh, against the San Diego Padres, where Wade Miley essentially outduels Yu uh, Darvish a little bit. I, would, I wouldn't say outduels especially, because both Wade Miley and U Darvish pitched seven innings on Sunday. Wade Miley recorded eight strikeouts and allowed no walks, uh, only allowed four hits. And then Yu Darvish, in seven innings of work, allows just four hits as well. And two walks, but 12 strikeouts by U Darvish in this one. Uh ultimately, the way Milwaukee was able to win this game was a run scored in the top of the in the top of the second inning, where Milwaukee took that one nothing lead and ended up holding it the rest of the way. Uh in in that in that second inning, uh Garrett Mitchell kinda woke up a little bit with a Bunt single because he had been over eight in his first two games against the Padres in this series. He sat the Friday game, but on Thursday and Saturday he went he went over eight, uh, but went two for three with a walk on Sunday and got himself going in the top of the second with that bunt single and ended up reaching. And then because of uh, a violation, he ends up being able to advance from. Uh, first to second, and then ends up stealing third base for his first stolen base on the year. So really showing his speed on the base paths in this one, getting himself from a bunt single to first, he advances to second, and then s- steals third base while Brian Anderson hits a sack, sack fly, and Garrett Mitchell is able to score because of his, you know, he's quick on his feet there, and it ends up being the difference. the Only the one run in the game Milwaukee almost had this game blown in the bottom of the ninth by Devin Williams. Uh, Devin Williams ends up allowing a couple of walks and a single to load the bases in the bottom of the ninth uh, for, the, for the San Diego Padres, or just folding on to that one nothing lead, ultimately does get out of the inning, records three outs on three strikeouts, but takes uh, Devin Williams 33 pitches to do so You uh, in the ninth, pitching in the eighth. Of course, after Wade Miley exited after seven innings of work was Peter Strzelecki, who just looked fantastic. Again, he had a one, two, three inning uh, in just eight pitches. So Peter Strzelecki really, really looking good. Another one of the young guys uh, on this team, but on the pitching side, as opposed to these outfielders that we have. Uh, one of the other young guys on the team, uh, he has been struggling is Joey Weimer. Has just one hit and one walk in the Brewers' last five games. It's gone one for 15 in that stretch. Well, we- Weimer and Mitchell, who I mentioned, of course, went over 8 in those first two games against the Padres. Uh, really, really been having a tough time, that 1-2 combo there in center and right field. But Joey Weimer's uh, defense in right has just been phenomenal. It's tough to keep him out of the lineup when he's been able to do the things he's been able to do. You think back to that incredible relay uh, he had in Arizona connecting with Bryce Durang before throwing it home. Uh, to William Contreras to get you out. Uh, But also William Contreras, he has been looking great, uh, hitting three eighteen on the year. Finally, yesterday had a game in which he failed to record a hit. His first game all year uh, that he's played in. So really, really fantastic stuff from William Contreras. He is making great impact right away here for the Brewers overall. So good stuff from Milwaukee Uh, in terms of a standings update now. Uh, Milwaukee sits at eleven and five on the year and has a two-game lead in the NL Central on Chicago and Pittsburgh, who are tied for second in the National League Central. St. Louis sits still four games back. Cincinnati in last place, four and a half games back in the division. Milwaukee holding tough there, in winning three out of four over a San Diego Padres team that has a huge payroll, one of the one of the tops in baseball and should be very, very competitive there for that NL West uh, pennant, so good for them. Now, they're going to have a series coming up here starting today against the Seattle Mariners, who should be pretty competitive in the AL West this season. That series is going to get themselves started tonight at 8.40 Central, uh, televised on Valley Sports Wisconsin, and this is the first time Milwaukee has made the trip to T-Mobile Park. In Seattle since 2016, so should hopefully be a good series. Uh, Milwaukee hasn't played Seattle, period, uh, since 2019. And looks like tonight we get Corbin Burns back on the mound for Milwaukee. And Chris Flexen, the right-hander, is on the mound for the Mariners. Uh, he has recorded an 8.74 ERA so far this year. Has seen action in three games, starting two. Uh, he's 11. innings pitched so far, and we'll see what that happens tonight with uh, Milwaukee's ace out there on the mound, and hopefully go out, get a win, and continue to build on this lead that Milwaukee has in the NL Central. Elsewhere in Milwaukee, we had a tough game for the Milwaukee Bucks to start the playoffs, but I think there's a reason for optimism, and I think that optimism will likely show itself in Game 2 right away. Of course, this is a game that I am headed to, and as I've mentioned before, when I bought tickets for Game 2 of this Milwaukee Bucks-Miami Heat Round 1 of the NBA playoff series, I bought those tickets on TickPick, which is where I get all of my tickets. Uh, And this is not an ad, it's just a service I love, and I want you to save money on your next ticket purchase. When you use TickPick, you will never pay service or delivery fees like you will on other ticket-selling apps, and it comes with TickPick's best price guarantee If you find a better price somewhere else for the same ticket, TickPick will refund you twice the difference in credit toward your next purchase. Plus, if you use my link in the podcast description, you will save $10 on your first order. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple App Store, download the TickPick app, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, download tickets, use my link in the podcast description, get $10 off on your first order, and never pay service fees on tickets ever again. So that's me headed to game two of this series, where Milwaukee is down one game to none against the Miami Heat. And this is my case for optimism, because after Milwaukee drops this game, 130 to 117, uh, there are a lot of people reacting a lot of ways to this game. Uh, One way among them is that the betting markets have actually shifted, and Milwaukee is technically no longer the betting favorite to win the NBA title. Uh, But the Boston Celtics are, which I see this as some of the Sharps overreacting to this Milwaukee Bucks loss. And I get it, Milwaukee is down a game, but it's not a loss that concerns me. We have seen this Milwaukee team jump out to some slow starts after resting for quite a while, uh, namely two years ago when the Bucks fell down one game to nothing in round one of the NBA playoffs. As well, um, in 2021, the year the Bucs won the NBA title. Now, there is, for some reason, just loss of that historical knowledge that that game one, round one loss happened for Milwaukee. I think we've all been kind of tiptoeing around the fact that the Bucks may get out to a slow start in this playoff series, and they just so happened to get off to a slow start while Miami came out guns of uh, Miami shot 59.5% from the field and shot 60% from 3 while Milwaukee shot 24.4% from beyond the arc. This was Miami's best three-point performance they're going to have. Simply Miami couldn't miss, he couldn't miss and Milwaukee had its worst three-point shooting performance of the season. Despite that fact, this was an 8-9-10-11 point game for almost the entire way. Uh yes, Milwaukee couldn't really pull in and get this game tied. Miami kept the Bucks at an arm's length most of the way, but this wasn't a game that Miami ever really totally pulled away from, which is surprising given the fact that they were shooting so fantastic from three. Uh, the Bucks still ended up battling away. This game didn't really get out of reach until a minute and a half, two minutes left uh, in the fourth quarter, so the Bucks were able to do a lot despite being just outgunned from beyond the arc is really 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 hard to keep up with a team when they're shooting and make 15 of their 25 three-point attempts while you make only 11 of your 45 three-point attempts when you're dedicating 45 of your shots from the field to the three you're only making 11 of them yeah you're probably going to lose when the team (laughs) the team against you only needs to take 25 three-pointers to make 15 of them Uh, And shoots 59.5% from the field overall. Like, that's the best game that Miami is going to play in this one. Jimmy Butler had 35 points and now is going to have to play without Tyler Hero, who broke his shooting hand in this one. Of course, the injury news for the Bucs out of this is that Giannis ends up leaving this game early, taking a tough fall because Kevin Love is trying to draw a charge call on uh, Giannis. Now there's tons and tons of discourse about whether or not we should try to eliminate the the attempt for defenders to take a charge out of the NBA, tweak the rules, uh, because John Morant got injured um, in that game against the Lakers in a very, very, very similar play yesterday as well. And Giannis falls, falls on his back, falls on his tailbone, and they're calling it a back contusion, and the MRIs, everything was negative for Giannis. MRIs, X-rays, looks like he's just got he's got a bruised ass. Like tough cookies for Giannis. He's played through worse. If you can play through hyperextending your knee, I think you can get through while having a sore butt. Uh, so this game goes down with Giannis out for most of it, and Milwaukee is able to stay competitive nearly the entire way even though they're having their worst three-point shooting performance while Miami is having their best three-point shooting performance. That perfect storm for Miami was able to produce this kind of win. And now that Miami is going to be down one of their starters on top of that, well, it looks like Giannis is going to be available moving forward. It's going to be available for Game 2. That reporting coming out being first from Sean Strania of The Athletic earlier today. Seems like this is all going to be fine for Milwaukee. I have a really, really difficult time seeing why this series is going to be an issue, particularly knowing that uh, Giannis is going to be able to play this one. I think one of the more disappointing uh, things maybe is we didn't get really the kind of play uh, out of Brooke Lopez that we would hope to see, but he only took seven shots from the field. Giannis is out of this game, and... Brook Lopez only takes seven shots from the field. With Giannis out of the lineup, you're hoping to get more uh, from Brook Lopez down in the lane, down in the paint. Um, Chris Middleton, though, looked really, really, really fantastic, and is yet another reason I am not worried about Miami being able to replicate this game and win three more games against Milwaukee, because Chris Middleton looks like he has finally returned to form. Uh, He recorded 33 points in 33 minutes last night, Uh, shot two of seven from the three-point line, so like... Eh, not that good three-point shooting performance, but eh, that was that was the deal with everybody on the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday. Uh, yesterday. So 33 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Uh, solid, solid performance from Chris Middleton, who was being asked to be one of the primary guys with Giannis out, of course. And that's the kind of Chris Middleton that you want to see performing on the offensive end. Right there, overall, uh, Drew Holiday recorded 16 assists and 16 points. Uh, and Bobby Portis was really, really trying to bring uh, some energy to this Milwaukee lineup yesterday, doing an early mean mugging all over the place. He ends up uh, getting 21 points uh, on 9 of 15 shooting and 8 rebounds. Uh, He does go 0 for 5 from the 3-point line, though, so he tried to get that 3-point shot going, just never could get it, uh, even though we've seen Bobby Portis make that clutch 3 time and time again. Just was not there for anybody on the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday, but I, like I said, that's just another reason that I don't believe this is going to be an issue. We have seen this kind of thing from Milwaukee Bucks playoff runs before, where all of a sudden their three point shooting goes cold, and you, you know you can't get you can't get a win, you can't buy a bucket. That's that's going to happen sometimes, but that's why you play best of seven series, and this Milwaukee Bucks team should be able to dispose of the Miami Heat. Frankly, if I were putting a guess down on how many games it takes Milwaukee to win this series. I am still saying today, maybe even if Giannis is not available the rest of the way, that Milwaukee wins the next four games and just wins this game and wins this series in five games. I think we're absolute worst case scenario, this series goes six games. And if Giannis is available for each of the next four games, I have a difficult time seeing Milwaukee not winning those next four games and just getting rid of the miami heat in five even though you know you would like to have swept the heat here this is not a series that i am worried about my milwaukee bucks worry mirror meter on a scale from zero to ten is still sitting at a zero and i think anybody out on the internet right now who is click farming for milwaukee bucks are doomed content is going to be shown to be a very silly content creator uh, in the next couple of days here. So that is all I got for today's edition of the Scani Six Pack. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Start every day with everything you need to know in Wisconsin sports. While you're there, leave a nice review, five stars, kind comments. Tell some folks what you like about the show. It helps the show grow, and it will allow me to produce even better content for everyone. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Kendrick Sumbrus on Wisconsin.